And welcome back to The Word Encounter, episode 76. Uh, we finished off First Chronicles yesterday, so we're going to pick it up in Second Chronicles. And remember, in Chronicles, uh, we have a lot of the same uh, data and information uh, that is in uh, Samuel and Kings. Uh, but there are some new details uh, uh, in Chronicles that basically focuses on Judah and uh, Judah's kings. And so um, we, we see very little mention of the kings of the northern kingdom in Israel and Samaria um, because Judah is the concentration here. And so in Second Chronicles, it starts in chapter 1 with Solomon's request for wisdom. And then it goes on and talks about Solomon and his wealth. And in chapter 3, we get into building the details of the building of the temple uh, in Jerusalem. And... Um, the pillars, the basins, the furnishings. And in chapter 5, um, it's preparation for the dedication of the temple after, t after the building of the temple was complete. And then um, in chapter 6, we see uh, Solomon's dedication of the temple and his prayers to the Lord. Um, and then we see the, the dedication uh, ceremonies in chapter 7. And then, um, and then uh, also in chapter 7, we see the Lord's response. And the Lord's response in chapter 7 is very similar to his response in Kings. Um, but it, it, it's interesting because we'll see this throughout uh, the Bible, particularly in the Gospels, uh, where you have different um, people's accounts of the same event. And so if you have a couple of witnesses of the same event, then a lot of times the details are going to be slightly different. The overall themes are going to be the same or similar, or, or they should be at least if everybody's telling the truth. Uh, but a lot of times the details uh, will be a little bit different because people see things differently. They remember things di differently because they're sensitive to different things. And so they recall different things. And so it's no surprise that we have the author of Chronicles and the author of Kings uh, basically reporting, if you will, on the same events, uh, seeing things slightly differently. And so everything is not matching verbatim as they recount these events. And so, um, and in verse 12 in, in, in chapter 7, it says, Then the Lord appeared to Solomon at night and said to him, this is his response to Solomon's dedication prayer uh, of the temple, and he says, I have heard your prayer and have chosen this place for myself as a temple of sacrifice. Verse 13, and this is what is not in uh, uh, recounted in, in um, Kings. If I, if I shut the sky so there is no rain, or if I command the grasshopper to consume the land, or if I send pestilence on my people and my people who bear my name, humble themselves, pray and seek my face, and turn from their wicked ways, or turn from their evil ways, then I will hear from heaven, forgive their sin, and heal their land. Now, this is a very important prayer. It's a prayer that we've been hearing a lot, or at least I've been hearing a lot in the last four or five months or so as we've been uh, dealing with the COVID pandemic situation. And the word says, again, in verse 13, um, you know, if I shut the sky, or it says, if I, um, if I send uh, pestilence on my people, 
and my people who bear my name humble themselves. There's people that bear him name. If we call ourselves Christ-like, we are bearing his name. And the word is saying, if we humble ourselves, pray and seek his face. So if we humble ourselves, when you pray, you are in a posture of humbling yourself because you are praying to a higher authority. You're saying essentially that I don't have control or power over this. I'm powerless in this situation. And so I recognize that there is a higher form of power than myself. In other words, I am humbling myself before that power. And I am seeking the face of that power. You know, I am seeking that power's attention. I am humbling myself and seeking that power's attention. And if I should happen to be involved in evil ways, I am going to turn from those evil ways. So I don't do those evil things anymore. That is a slap in the face of that higher authority. And so if I turn from my evil ways, if I humble myself and turn from my evil ways, and I seek the power or I seek the face of that power, I seek the Lord. Then the word says, then I will hear from heaven. God says, then I will hear from heaven. And so the Lord is saying, if you do these things, I, the Lord that is sitting in heaven, will hear you. I will forgive your sin and I will heal your land. If there was ever a time that we needed an appropriate prayer with the proper perspective and understanding of uh, the natural order of things, this is it. And so, if I shut the sky so that there is no rain, or if I command the grasshopper to consume the land, or if I send pestilence on my people, and my people who bear my name humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their evil ways, then I will hear from heaven, forgive their sin, and heal their land. Father God, we are praying this prayer right now today, Lord. And this land is this whole land of the earth. This isn't just our city. This isn't just our state. This isn't just our country. But these are all the nations of the earth, Father. We humble ourselves before you. We're seeking your faith, Father God. And so, Father, we're just looking for our land and our people to be healed. In Jesus' name, thank you, Father. <clears throat> and so, Second Chronicles goes on. And um, in chapter 8, Solomon has some, some later on building projects. It talks about um, Solomon's fleet. talks about, in chapter 9, his meeting with the Queen of Sheba. Um, and then in chapter 10, it gets into the division, okay, uh, as far as the north and the south after Solomon had died. And we get into Rehoboam and Jeroboam and um, how Rehoboam had, had sought uh, the advice of the elders and then he rejected their advice and went with the advice of his boys and started to come down real hard on the other peoples. And so therefore Jeroboam said, well, what do we have to do with David? And so they were starting to square off in a war in, in uh, chapter 11, uh, but the Lord stopped the war. He told Rehoboam, no, I'm causing this division. This is from me. Go back home. Send your soldiers back home. And, and therefore, that is what took place. Now, here's a detail that was not in uh, Kings 
with regard um, to Jeroboam's decision to uh, uh, make his own altar, uh, commission his own priests, and this, that, and the other. There's some more details behind that. So we see in chapter 11, verse 13, the priests and Levites from all the regions throughout um, Israel took their stand with Rehoboam. They sided with Rehoboam in this conflict between north and south, between Jeroboam and Rehoboam. Verse 14, for the Levites left their pasture lands and their possessions and went to Judah and Jerusalem because Jeroboam and his sons refused to let them serve as priests of the Lord. That's a detail that we didn't get in Kings. And so we just thought that Jeroboam was pulling things out of the sky with regard to creating his own priests and, and his own ceremonies and his own altars, which he was doing. But we didn't know that he rejected the Levites, that he said, no, 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 I don't want to do that no more. I'm going to do my own thing. And so, um, and then in verse 15, Jeroboam appointed his own priests for the high places, uh, the goat demons and the golden calves he had made. Verse 16, those from every tribe of Israel who had uh, uh, determined in their hearts to seek the Lord their God followed the Levites to Jerusalem to sacrifice to the Lord. So this is another thing that we didn't know. So there was a migration uh, from all of the territories outside of Judah, all of the 12, 12 tribes of Israel outside of Judah and Benjamin, there was a, um, a, a migration from those territories to Judah because they were seeking the Lord and Jeroboam was not allowing worship of the Lord in the other tribes. And so... Um, it says the God of the answers in verse 17. So they strengthened the kingdom of Judah and supported Jeroboam, son of Solomon, for three years because they walked in the ways of David and Solomon for three years. And so we see that um, the people were choosing sides. Right. So they were choosing to go with Rehoboam, even though Rehoboam was evil because he was a lying worship of the Lord. And uh, they were leaving uh, the other territories or the other tribes of evil of, of uh, Israel because Jeroboam was not allowing them to worship the Lord. Hmm. Hmm. And so then, we see in chapter 12, verse 1, when Rehoboam had established his sovereignty and royal power, he abandoned the law of the Lord. And so he basically went the same way that Jeroboam went. You know, it seems like he used the people of God and whatnot to get what he wanted. And then there, which was their support. And then after he got their support, then he just abandoned the ways of the law and says, okay, I'm going to do my own thing. Hmm. I'm getting revelation now. These, these things are very intriguing to me, but anyway, <laughs> let's go on in, in chapter 12. Um, Verse 14, Rehoboam did what was evil because he did not determine in his heart to seek the Lord. And so, see, the word says he didn't determine in his heart. He did the things on the surface, but it wasn't in his heart. It wasn't in his core. And so he did these things on the surface, but when it became convenient for him to forget them, that's exactly what he did. And then in verse 16, it said, Rehoboam rested with his fathers and was buried in the city of David. His son uh, Abijah became king in his place. Okay. Now, in Kings, Abijah is Abijam. And that's A-B-I-J-A-M. And so here we have A-B-I-J-A-H. They're the same person, okay? And so I don't know why the names are different, but they're the same person. 
And so in chapter 13, and uh, we see that there was war. This is another detail that was not in Kings. There was war between Abijah and Jeroboam. Abijah set his army uh, of warriors in order. Let's see. Abijah set his army of warriors in order with 400,000 fit young men. Jeroboam um, arranged his mighty army of 800,000 fit young men in battle formation against him. So now we're getting into some numbers. These were not small armies. Okay, talking about 400,000 men against 800,000. That's over a million soldiers. In verse 4, then Abijah stood on Mount um, Zemeriam, yeah, which is the hill country of Ephraim, and said, Jeroboam and all Israel, hear me. So he's shouting out for the whole army to hear him. Don't you know that the Lord God of Israel gave the kingship over Israel to David and his descendants forever by a covenant uh, of salt. But Jeroboam, son of Nebat, and servant of Solomon, son of David, rose up and rebelled against his Lord. Then worthless and wicked men gathered around him to resist Rehoboam, son of uh, Solomon, when Rehoboam was young, inexperienced, and unable to assert himself against them. And now you are saying uh, you can assert yourself against the Lord's kingdom which is in the hand of one of Dave, uh, David's sons. You are a vast number and have with you the golden calves that Jeroboam made for you as gods. Didn't you banish the priests of the Lord, the descendants of Aaron and the Levites, and make your own priests like the peoples of the other lands do? Whoever comes to ordain himself with the young bull and seven rams may become a priest uh, of the Lord are not... <laughs> Let me back up because this is important. He says that whoever comes to ordain himself with a young bull and seven rams may become a priest of what are not gods. Because remember, Jeroboam was making up his own rules. And so apparently this was one of the, if you wanted to be a priest, all you had to do was bring tribute. So you had to bring, um, you know, seven rams and a young bull, and then you could be a priest. That was the qualification in verse 10. But as for us, the Lord, our God, the Lord is our God. We have not abandoned him. The priests ministering to the Lord are descendants of Aaron, and the Levites serve at their tasks. In other words, what um, Rehoboam is, excuse me, not Rehoboam, what uh, Abijah is saying uh, to the army is like, look, we are doing everything according to the Lord's uh, um, pattern, according to how he told us we were supposed to do things. You know, the, the priests are from, are from the tribe of Levi, and we're doing everything right. You guys are making up your own stuff. <clears throat> In verse 11, they offer a burnt, they being the Levites, offer a burnt offering and fra fragrant incense to the Lord every morning and every evening, and they set the rolls of the bread of his presence on the ceremonially clean table. The light of the lamps of the gold lampstand, uh, they light the lamps of the gold lampstand every evening. We are carrying out the requirements of the Lord our God while you have abandoned him. Look, God and his pri priests are with us at our head. The trumpets are ready to sound. Uh, the charge against you. Israelites, don't fight against the Lord, uh, the Lord God of your ancestors, for you will not succeed. And so Abijah is trying to warn them. He says, you guys are off doing your own thing. We're doing everything according to the prescription of the Lord. You're going to lose. So don't do this. <clears throat> and it says in verse 13, now Jeroboam, you know, I guess while, while Abijah was speaking, had sent an ambush around to advance uh, from behind them. So they were in front of Judah, and the ambush was behind them. Verse 14, Judah turned and discovered that the battle was in front of them and behind them, so they cried out to the Lord. Then the priests blew the trumpets, 
And the men of Judah raised the, the battle cry. When the men of Judah raised the battle cry, God routed Jeroboam and all before Abijah and Judah. And so they were doing things. They even went to war according to how the Lord prescribed, blew the trumpets and whatnot. The men raised the battle cry, and then the Lord came to their assistance. And uh, we see Israel or Samaria got routed. And then it says, um, so the Israelites fled before Judah and God handed them over to them. Then Abijah and his people struck them with a mighty blow and 500,000 fit young men of Israel were killed. The, uh, the Israelites were subdued at that time. Uh, the Judahites succeeded because they depended on the Lord, the God of their ancestors. And so it says in verse 20, Jeroboam no longer retained his power during Abijah's reign. Ultimately, the Lord struck him and he died. However, Abijah uh, grew strong, acquired 14 wives and fathered 22 sons and 16 daughters. And then it says, uh, uh, Abijah rested with his fathers and was buried in the city of David. His son Asa became king in his place. And so those are some details that weren't in Kings. And so we see, um, again, if we acknowledge what the purpose of Chronicle is, is to, uh, Chronicles is, is to give a, uh, an accurate recounting of what had happened in the past to the people who were coming out of exile from Babylon returning back uh, to Judah. And so they needed to understand and know these things, and they needed to understand that they had come from a line of kings and, and victors and conquerors. And so uh, this is why Judah and, and, and um, the kings of Judah are being emphasized in Chronicles. And so with that, we will pick it up in chapter 14 tomorrow. Everybody take care. Bye-bye.